The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. What is up? Welcome back. Welcome back to Culture Insanity Podcast. The Culture Insanity Podcast. Episode number 11. One, one. Um, yeah, I feel like we got a pretty good show today. Some good topics. Um, I just want to start off the show by saying don't see the movie Rampage. It was awful. <laughs> it was awful as per usual for video game video game based movies. Right, yeah. I was reading a review about it, and they were saying that uh, <clears throat> that movie proves that Dwayne the Rock Johnson is invincible. Can sell anything, he's invincible. <laughs> yeah, uh, I forget who was saying saying it last night, but they were saying that maybe he's the new Nick Cage, and just that he will accept anything. But I've never seen a movie with Nick Cage that I did not appreciate his performance. <laughs> but I know that's a weird. It's a weird thing about you. <laughs> but I feel like the differences about that is. With Nick Cage, you get the impression that, yeah, he won't deny any script. <laughs> right. But Dwayne Johnson's actually, like, he's creating his own, you know, like, he's he's right. producing all of his own stuff. Right. And he's like, I'm going to be the action star in this. Like, he's right. forging his own path rather than just, like, hoping for work or something. Right, right, right. No matter what the movie is. But it was awful. Colin, call our friend Colin last night said that that he was surprised that Rotten Tomato gave it a kind 36 percent or something like that colin thought it was awful too yeah he it did. must be and really colin's, bad then. colin's pretty gracious colin's pretty gracious it must be really bad yeah and normally i'm 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 pretty easy to like hey you know i could take it for what it is i can be entertained but i don't know i don't know if i was in a headspace last night but i was like multiple times i was i just like sighed and just was like i don't want to watch this anymore <laughs> like i just didn't <laughs> want to be there it was just was it yeah. just not compelling? No, like, none of the characters were compelling. Even The Rock? Even The Rock. None of them were compelling. He wasn't a joy to watch? <laughs> I'm, maybe, I'm, maybe it's getting played out. I don't yeah. know. I mean, the last one I saw with him was Jumanji, and I, like, I enjoyed it. Right. It was fun. But I don't know. Yeah, none of the characters were compelling. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan played Negan. So Negan starred in this movie. Oh, um, really? Yeah, the create the creator become Negan, the creative. <laughs> Negan is always compelling to watch, though. He is, he is, but it you it was distracting. Was mm, what else. It, got just, it. it was just distracting. Like he's hey, it's Negan. We are right. Negan is here. Right, right. Um, so and then like, you know how those movies are. It's just like destruction. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just like it's just senseless destruction and like. Right. Okay, you're gonna save the world, but. But destroy the world at the same time. Yeah, but just, yeah, like Man of Steel or Transformers or something. Right. Yeah. Transformers three. I literally fell asleep. <laughs> it was mind-numbingly dumb. <laughs> while the while a building was collapsing and they're like running through this building, <laughs> and I that think, that's when you dozed off. <laughs> I, and I started falling asleep. Yeah, as they're like going through a building that's like falling over. I just I couldn't do it. Yeah. But anyways, already we digress. So Rampage was not great. Don't see it. Okay. What was good? Maybe this is our our start out from, start out from. But I guess I'll just give a quick disclaimer, even though I already gave a preview disclaimer. But 
in case you're wondering, on the show today, we're going to be talking about a couple different movies. We're going to be talking about A Quiet Place, the new John Krasinski directed and starred in movie, Jim right, Halpert, right, Jim. Um, starring his wife. Emily, and Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt, yeah. Who incidentally is the new Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we saw Ready Player One last weekend, I think. So yes, you did. Talk a little bit about that. Um, there's some Barack Obama fake news, which we'll play a nice, funny little clip for you guys. Um, and then for those of you that have been following or know about the new doc, it's a documentary, right? About Apu from the Simpsons. Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole controversy behind him and, um, yeah, what, what the Simpsons did or didn't do rather. But so there's that. And then, um, at some point we'll talk about Cardi B, the musician, the, the rapper girl and, um, yeah, just what's going on with her. Um, so in case you haven't seen Ready Player One or Quiet Place, you've been warned. That is right. Where is <laughs> I don't I don't know where it is. It's oh. okay. I found it. Ready Player One and the Quiet Place. You've been warned, so tune out now. Maybe we'll we'll just we'll just dive right into that. So we've both seen a Quiet Place. Let me just start out by saying I loved that movie. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was like a clash between Signs and I Am Legend, and then you said something else, too. You gave it another uh, facet. Well, it reminded me of Alien, but I don't think that's no, what I said. That's not what you said. I don't know. It'll come to you. But, yeah. yeah, it was, like, eerie and just had a tone to it that, like, Signs and I Am Legend both did, and, yeah, I really liked it. Um, I thought, like, the creatures were really cool-looking and designed really well, and it was, like, suspenseful and yeah. sad. I mean, the movie starts out, and you're just, like... Okay, that's the kind of movie this is going to be. <laughs> we're, right. we're really in for it. But um, yeah, so those of you who don't know about A Quiet Place and are still listening that we haven't lost already. We got our, <laughs> We still have our one viewer. A Quiet Place is a movie. <laughs> it's a just They just don't really care about giving you the details about how this happened, but they just kind of throw you into it. It's a post-apocalyptic style movie right. where something happened. These creatures from space or from wherever – are um have basically ran everyone underground um they are these like scary creatures that are like super fast and they operate based on like supersonic hearing they're like blind but they're like you make anything you like um you know how you do those like gassy farts that are really quiet like that's about as as, as much as you can get away with in this post-apocalyptic right. world right. because this would get you killed that right. noise right there. Right, 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 right. Um, and they're like, they pounce on you and they're like everywhere. And so it's like this really suspenseful movie. And it's basically, as I think he presented it, John Krasinski was a family movie. It's a movie about a family or whatever. He didn't want it to be a genre movie, I think he said. But yeah, so it's a movie about a family and how they're getting by in this world. And like I said, the movie doesn't really care to give you the details of like how it ended up in this way. It's just this is the situation. Right. And that was cool. Um, and I, I was down with that. I didn't really think to myself, well, why and what and whatever. But so, yeah, it follows that family. And there's some just like some impossible stuff that this family has already dealt with. Like right. the daughter, one, yeah, her, the oldest daughter's like deaf. So she can't, she's already like a leg down in this post-apocalyptic world. Yep. And then like they, at some point, uh, get, the the husband gets his wife pregnant, and so now you have this situation, this impossible situation of of giving birth in a world where you can't make sound, 
And so it makes for really stressful scenes. Let's just say that. Yep. But so that's the basic synopsis of A Quiet Place. And it's, um, like I said, it's like suspenseful and stressful, but it's really good. Um, uh, and so, but anyways, but the that's the note that we sort of, we find ourselves in at for the podcast um, is the question, like what is, I guess, the moral responsibility or what is like, what is good parenting in in that way? Like, is it was it responsible? If I mean, for lack of a better word, was it responsible for them to bring a kid into a world that's basically effed? You know, just just screwed from the get go. And like, is there is there a higher responsibility for that? Should have they have done that? Should, do they have responsibility to do that? Because if they don't like the world is just going to continue to be screwed and are we going to let these things win or whatever so that's that's just sort of an interesting question um that you know we want to explore i guess so i mean my my just basic take on that i guess is like you have to know what you're getting into first of all <laughs> like you, you should you shouldn't like be just knocking people up or whatever but yeah man i think like you can't let those things win you can't let the creatures rule the world and as impossible as the situation and their 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 problem solving for that was awesome too by the way they like created this like soundproof basement with like paper mache for like um i don't know sound absorption or whatever but um yeah, like I think that we still have – I mean how is it any different than a lot of things today, right? Like right. The, the obvious thing in that movie is there was, there was immediate physical danger all the time and that's the world they live in is immediate physical danger all the time. Um, but I think obviously in our world, like there's lots of different kinds of danger, right? Uh, including mm-hmm. but not limited to immediate physical danger all the time. <laughs> right. You know, not creatures that are going to rip your body in half um, within seconds of you farting. But <laughs> but nonetheless, like, that's sort of – if you know what you're getting into as a parent, you, I think you would think about those things. Like, I think James has that conundrum. Yep. Our, friend, yep. our friend and fellow pastor at this church, James um, – he, I think, had that conundrum when before yep. he was having kids. Like, he didn't have a lot of hope in where the world was headed. Right. And so he felt really conflicted about having kids. And so, like, what did he do about that? Well, ultimately, he had three, and he named them all J names. And so that was a different issue altogether. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, that's, I don't know. I mean, that's something, yeah, that's something that I wrestled with when I was Did you it. also? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wrestled with it long before it was a reality for me. So by the time I got married and I was ready to do that, I was already um, happy with with my thought process on it. I I wasn't conflicted in that way. But um, yeah, there's a lot of dangers out there. Yeah, I mean, and as us as believers already operate on the premise that like we're operating on. A ticking clock right like mm-hmm. we know that there's something coming um we don't know exactly when but we sort of already are operating on that, that something negative it could it could end tom- tomorrow you know um but that doesn't stop us and then i mean I, I i thought about it 
a little bit from a different angle, but nonetheless, like I thought about it, like, and I know you know, but like my angle was what was that I wanted to have boys because you know what dad doesn't, but I wanted to have boys. I, I wanted girls, but yeah, I wanted to have boys because I wanted to raise like good proper men because there's not a lot of those, you know, and. Yeah, not a lot at all. Um, and yeah, it's a dying breed for sure. And so, like, I f- I felt really strongly like I didn't want to have boys because you know you know I mean there's a little part of me that does sure, but I didn't ultimately want to have them because you know they're cooler and uh, you know sports and this and that like a lot of maybe dads have that, but like my, that was the premise for me wanting that was because I knew already from the get go that we are up against it, you know, we're up against it. Yeah. And so like, I felt like I had a responsibility to contribute towards that fight in the way that I raise my kids and my boys. And right now I have one, but, um, yeah. So I don't know, bringing it back to, I guess the question in for this movie. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, to borrow from, uh, Malcolm, Malcolm. From uh, um, not Malcolm X, but 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 Ian Malcolm, <laughs> Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park. Life and, finds a way. And, yeah, life finds a way. I mean, you know, he says it again in the new trailer. Right, he brings it back. I mean, we we are meant to be relational. You know, we're meant to be relational. We're supposed to be like always um, going and being fruitful and and. And part of that is is extending your legacy and extending what you have um, in terms of like God's grace and God's glory and your creativity and all of these things. And you can't you can't fully do that without having offspring. And this is not to say that you're not a whole person if you never have an offspring sure. or anything oh, like that that people get into. Soon when this podcast gets huge, this episode will be exploited <laughs> for us saying if you can't or don't have kids, we think less of you. You are worthless if you don't have kids. Bring it on. Um episode 11. Right. That's not that's not how I feel and that's not what I'm saying. But there there is something there is something to that. There is something different about that it's a different way that you can you can give to the future and and i you sort of stop being human yeah even in the movie and i don't know how much like you 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 stop being human if if you take that out of the equation yeah i thought it was interesting and just you know thinking again about it now and i don't know how much you know the writers or the director was thinking about this but even in the movie like and again spoilers but i don't care you've been warned um you have that aspect of the movie where he goes up on top of the like the the grain the, silo, the mill or the silo or whatever, yeah. and he lights a beacon um, just to see that there's other people still there. Right. Like to that point of right, right, we're right, meant right. to be relational. Like he wants to know that they're not the last ones left, you know, and yeah. that there's still people. But in at no point in the movie do they have any. Okay, that's not true. They have one bad interaction yeah, with another one, person, one but. Tiny. There's no like real interaction with other people. It literally the movie just follows this family. But I think that's interesting in that movie even they just throw that in there. And again, I don't I don't know what their motives were for doing that and if there was any sort of you know deeper thought into that, but it I think it lends to our point, you know. Um like even in a movie that it where it it's not safe to interact with people because right. people are unpredictable and people are a risk and blah, 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 blah. 
the guys and the family, they still had a mechanism in place to know that they like there were other people still around because, you know, I think like you said, like we crave that and we we want that. Yeah, and I think it's also interesting, like sort of as a trope with like science fiction, for instance, that humanity starts to lose its its hope and its flavor when it stops having children. You know, or it starts stunting the way that children are had. Like, what's the, an example of that? So, um, well, I mean, probably the best example would be Children of Men. Is that the one with uh, never, Clive? Yeah, Clive it, Owen? it is. Yeah. yeah, where people can't have children anymore, and that's mm. like a whole thing. Like society's like destroying itself. But you have it like sort of that that sort of sterility and um, signs of a dystopian um, signs of a dystopian reality in even stuff like. Krypton, for instance, in the in the new show, um, where it's like children are made, um, children are made in in, in test tubes, essentially. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's interesting. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, there's just I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can go with that, but <clears throat> like it's not, it's not. Yeah, I mean. We're constantly talking about like being, and I was going to mention this tomorrow in church, but being people that are like countercultural. And so, like when we have kids, we put our kids in a state of danger in terms of what, like they'll be taught and indoctrinated with, you know, and, and right. so many different things. And so, like if it's not a physical danger, it's it's this. And yeah, I just think it's, I think it's good. Good on them for having kids. That that scene in that movie was intense, man. I looked over at my wife and she like gasped. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it was it was incredibly hopeful in that regard, and I think that um, Krasinski is right in saying that it's a it's a family film first. I know it's like really weird, but it it was definitely a family film first. It was like how a family copes and survives and works together and bonds and even grows, like grows new members and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, in in a post-apocalyptic situation, and I think that's what made it interesting. My one yeah, gripe. Yeah, I was gonna say you had a gripe. What was it though? So my one gripe, and I'll double end. spoiler alert you. <laughs> that's like triple, but yeah. What was your gripe? My one gripe is I don't understand why he had to die. You think it was just sloppy? <laughs> well, no, I think it was um, dumb. I think that it was it was dumb writing for the purpose of giving the the dynamic interaction about the kid at the beginning who dies um you know they they wanted to um build a dynamic interaction with the sister and like the guilt that was there and yeah. all of that sort of stuff i don't feel that that was necessary i don't feel like he needed to die for there to be resolution for her to how realize would, that he actually have, loves her how would you have written him out of that scene he could have run and the kids in the truck well, he could have dropped oh, the just thing. Like... He could have. How about this? How about he takes his his hatchet <laughs> or whatever it is and throws it, you know, twenty feet away into into the cornfield so that it goes out that way. Yeah. Like except for weren't the kids screaming and stuff, or were were they not? No. Were they, they like muffled? Yeah. Them? And then once the yeah, yeah, he didn't have to do it that way. I thought it was dumb. I thought it was. We want the father to die in order to strike create, a, strike a chord to strike this chord. Didn't strike and, a chord with you? No, because it, it was dumb of him, and it was unnecessary to make 
there be reconciliation in the relationship between the daughter and him. I felt like that was unnecessary, and I take issue with it. Well, Isa came to it guilty. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's John Krasinski's relatable demeanor is yeah. what it struck a chord with me. Well, at least, you know, I, I, unless it's like a, a hero complex, I was going to say, at least he doesn't have any hubris in his character dying. But then yeah. again, it could just be like a hero complex, and, you know, he wants to be like the messiah or whatever. Mm, <laughs> Although... Yeah. You know, it's not like he's going to come back in a sequel. Have they talked about that universe? I don't know. It it did end just sort of like with no real resolution. It and you know what it ended like? It ended like it ended like a movie that could have like direct to video sequels. Oh man, that <laughs> you would know, be like tragic. where where like now we're going on a, a like a rampage with that family and they're going around like killing all the monsters or whatever. Yeah, the deaf girl with her. Or new implants, but right. yeah, no, but I liked the movie actually quite a bit. It's like one of my favorite movies of the year so far, but yeah, I liked <clears> it too. Um, anyways, okay, so moving on, moving on, uh, I guess we'll segue since we were just talking about like parenting and family, um, be a good opportunity to segue into the, the Cardi B thing. Um, we'll see how far we can go with this, but, um, did you read that article? I did. Okay. So. There's this whole thing with Cardi B. For those of you who don't know, Cardi B is a musician, like a, a rapper girl, relatively new. Um, she had like a one super popular song. I don't really know it. But um, anyway, she was just recently on SNL. And she like pulled a Beyonce in mm-hmm. the fact that like she like came out to perform like her second song and she was like wearing something that was like, oh crap, she's pregnant, you know? And, yeah. There was a total like beyonce move um and so now there's like this whole of course because everyone you know there's a conversation about everything but there's this whole conversation slash i don't know controversy i guess about that and and how it just is potentially going to excuse me reshape how we view motherhood if you right. read the article. So do you remember like the, the long and short of what the article is suggesting? Um, I know that it's like – I know that they, they point out like a couple things. Like in the past, what you're told you know, as you're growing up and what women are told is to like go to school and like start their career and get, get a solid foundation and then, and then like start your life, I guess. Right, exactly. Um, and you even see that with a lot of, like, celebrities even. Like, right. celebrities don't have kids until they're, like, 40 or, like, late 30s or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, like, there's this new girl who's literally, like, just starting her career, her music career. She had a <laughs> past career. But uh, her just starting her music career, and she's bringing a kid into – not just a a world, a world where she's starting a career, but that world. Right. Um, and so what does that say? And, you know, um, of course, you know, you have like the feminist side jumping on that bandwagon and I think championing her cause if I remember the article correctly. But yeah, like what is the, what is the, what's on the horizon, I guess, is a good way of putting that. What should we be like looking out for in that? Do you have any um, initial thoughts? I guess. Well, I mean, it's a yeah. They're trying to redefine motherhood, and and they're not shy about that in the article. Yeah. Um, the 
I guess the idea that's that's present in my mind is that motherhood is is a so it's it's kind of hard because the, there's a dichotomy that's that's sort of like understood like you have like womanhood and then you have motherhood and like womanhood is in conflict with motherhood and what this article is is kind of saying is that womanhood and motherhood mm. should should merge which is not a bad thing but really what like really what it's saying is not that they should merge but that um like motherhood should drop all of its pretenses and all of its um presuppositions about how a mother should be and just kowtow to womanhood hmm. yeah no i mean that's an interesting uh, yeah that's an interesting point but like for a long time they've been separated yeah and it's a good thing that they're merging again right that's how it should be they should right. be they should be together right married um but you're, yeah you're saying that what's being presented is that they're merging but only if this one submits to this one right yeah no that's interesting um yeah the articles also talks about like the stigma that follows um yeah like her situation so she's she's a woman of color and having a a baby with a guy who's um already has like multiple baby mamas and she's unmarried and it talks about that and how that's she's going to help like blaze that trail that it, you don't have to be married anymore. And in fact, it's good on you for not being married and still like, you know, following through with this right. and, and this and that. And so there's just this, yeah, this like false, I don't know, truth out being presented in terms of what's good in terms of that. Well, I mean, we're back to the concept of, of what is good. And here we have that motherhood is good. Um, but it has to be motherhood without standards. It has to be you being willing to pull your motherhood into whatever you want it to be. So if, if you want to raise your child in, in the life of, um, in the, in the, in the life of the show, you know, you want your child to be backstage at everything and so on yeah. and so forth, then that's what being a good mother is. And, and she is brave for championing that cause, taking her child into this world. The child will learn not to be. Um, ever, uh, not to ever look down on, on, on the, on her past and so on and so forth. She has a past as a, a stripper. So, right. um, not to look down on her and, you know, to see that this is the whole picture of who she is. And, you know, that's not bad. It's not bad. The idea that the child should learn to see the whole picture of who she is, but children can't handle, mm the dynamicness of the whole picture of yeah. who their parents are. The grays. They see themselves like they see their father as father before they see their father as, you know, the man who struggles with finances or the man who struggles with alcoholism or pornography or gets mad at his mom, you know, and so on. And so uh, at, at the kid's mom or, <clears throat> or so on and so forth, you know, they and and those are just the negative things even the positives are are hard like you know 
like your dad, for instance, is say maybe a firefighter or a policeman and the, and those things are positive and they're risking their lives for others. But then they, that means they don't have time to, you know, to give that to you. And like, all you have to do is look at the children of stars and what do you see? You see that that's an incredibly hard life. Yeah. And, and then you want to take away from that, like the personal time that they devote to their children, you know, where like somebody like Shania Twain, for instance, like she was at the height of her stardom and then she decided to break off so that she could raise her child. So now her children get a fairly, like a fairly simple life. And now that her children are raised, she's back, you know, I didn't know that about her. Yeah. She's back hitting the bricks again. (laughs) And so that she gives that life to her children. That's fairly removed from that. So that there's a certain normality. And what we see here is, is, uh, an attempt to rewrite what's normal. Mm. Now, again, is it admirable that we're trying to merge these worlds? Yeah. But is it selfish in the way that it's being done? I would say so. Like children cannot handle that level of dynamicness without there being some sort of cost to them. Mm. Yeah. It's just not stable enough yeah. to start out with. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's too much. Like, mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I I don't think that she has to choose, but it's going to be a really difficult road for that child because she's not creating a safety net for that child in in that process. Now, I mean, we live in a world where there's, you know, there's more ability than ever to provide, um, like, like, look, we're doing a podcast, you know, in my office with low tech you know, like you can get things out oh, there. Cool, but yeah. 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 But, but this is my point. Like, like people, <laughs> like she could still, she could st- like, she's Cardi B. You know what I mean? Like if she wanted to reduce herself down to not putting out albums, but still putting out music, she could do that. It's all like in the, in the digital age. She, I'm sure she has enough money to put a studio in her house. Sure. She doesn't have to go on like 50, 50 shows like or, whatever. Tours or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's ways that, that she could do that. So anyway, yeah, I forget you said something in there that there's a couple things, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's been a couple, there's been a couple like, in fact, I think like, I know we like, we, we kind of shat on Mila Kunis in the past couple episodes, but I think she did that. Like she Shania Twain it for at least a little bit. You did know? she? Did yeah. she have a kid? I think she had a, at least one. Yeah. <clears throat> but she like took a a couple or a few years off so that she can devote that time to like being, you know, a mother that's out of the spotlight so that her kid can like have some stability and not be overwhelmed by that. Who's, who's, who's she with? Ashton Kutcher. So, so they have a kid together. Yeah. Interesting. At least one. Yeah. And then like, I think like Natalie Portman, same kind of situation, I think. Um, but yeah, there's been a couple, but I didn't know that about Shania Twain. Hmm. Um, you said something in there. It would that resonated with me, like on a personal level. But I don't know. I don't remember how you said it or how you connected it. But you said something about your dad can be, or your yeah, your parent can be a a this or a that, mm-hmm. and that's good. But what did you say? How did you say it? Oh, I don't know how I say it. You have to go Fudge. back and listen to it. Your your parent can be But they neglect and those that's a good thing, you know, like Right. But 
than they at what cost or something like that. Something to that degree. Yeah. And it's even true. I think I was talking about how your parent could be like a firefighter or a policeman and they're out there saving the life of somebody else. But it, but for the child to like understand why daddy doesn't come home, mm-hmm. you know, that comes at a cost and it really does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not to, not to like whatever, but yeah, that, I mean, that resonates with me on like a personal level. And I know, you know, at least, but, um, yeah, like for the longest time, like I like idolized my dad, um, because of like, for, for many reasons and and because of like what he did. And I thought it, and I think that people that do that, my dad's a firefighter and he's like a fire chief now, but, um, but yeah, and this will be put out there, but anyways, um, yeah, I I idolized my dad in a lot of ways, but in when I was 16, 17, 18, like I started to realize well, my dad is not that great in a lot of other ways too, and my dad failed me in a lot of ways. Um even though he was that, you know, like mm-hmm. and so yeah, like I think I think that yeah, I'm like there there's absolute truth to that. There's a cost to to that way of thinking and um yeah, to what you do and to like how, yeah, how you go about that. Well, and there's, I mean, there's a certain accessibility, you know, that we have to our parents and like as fathers, you know, me and Adam are both fathers as fathers. It's like, you have to make a choice. What, like how much accessibility you're going to give to your child and at what time while you're doing the other dynamic things that they're too young to handle you doing. Yeah. And that's not an easy thing. And, and you know, anybody who thinks it is yeah. doesn't know what they're talking about. And I think that's sort of, that's kind of the difficulty here. That's, that's where I feel for Cardi B's child mm. is that, you know, yeah, her mom <laughs> may have child. enough. Right. She doesn't even have a kid yet. Her, her mom may have enough money. God willing, she will have the kid. Right. <laughs> her mom may have enough money to, you know, make, to make this, um, to give this child a comfortable life. But to that child, the mom is always going to be Cardi B, the, the star. And, there's a certain picture of that. And where does that child get to see Cardi B the mom? Like where where does the child stop calling her Cardi B and just call, you know, her mom? And to see like other people like to view her that way. And, you know, you have to choose that. Now, that's not to say that that's not going to happen, mm-hmm. that she isn't going to find that inner circle. Sure, we're not writing her, writing her destiny for her. Right. <laughs> But it is interesting, like that. A lot of people don't want that to happen. Yeah, and that's that was the basis of what. Right, and that's from. that article that we're reading is you know this is the new womanhood. You yeah, know? she's a trailblazer now, and this is how she'll be a trailblazer. Right, <clears throat> they're they're writing that narrative for her, um, for themselves maybe. Um, in case my dad happens to listen to this, I still love you, and I harbor no ill feelings toward you <laughs> well i'd say that you just understand him better like yeah. you understand like the full understanding of who he is now and how difficult that is and i just understand people better i mean and again like you were just talking about it like this month in particular for me has been extra stressful you know because um of you know it's been my month in church and stuff but like and it's been a it's been a massive juggle to like give time to all these different areas that need my time 
um, not least of which is like raising a young child and right. you know, all these things. But yeah, as a young child, yeah, they don't they don't understand that, you know. And so it's it's how you how you treat that, you know, that they'll shape that. Yeah, you, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. But anyways, okay. Uh, first of all, time check real quick. Should we should we break for some trivia? Yeah, let's do it. What's our time at, real quick? It's eight forty. No, way, that can't be right. That, but... It's eight thirty-seven, and uh, <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. yeah. Okay, so Josh and I kind of pretty much on the fly. So we got, <laughs> I got some feedback. I haven't told you this, I don't think, but uh, well, we recognized this live last episode. But our guess who game, which was it was great on paper, sounded <laughs> sounded <laughs> sounded fun, and we had a we had a three-way game going on because right. Jasmine, our our director, was in here. It bombed. It wasn't smooth. It was terrible. My brother called me because our episode got uploaded late, right? Yeah. So my brother called me on like Wednesday or Thursday, and he's like, dude, I'm, I'm about three quarters of the way to episode 10, and what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> you, guys, you guys all seemed distracted. Your game fell flat, and I'm glad you guys recognized that. And I was like, hey, well, they can't all be winners, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we're, a humble, we're, a, we're a humble show. We're a humble outfit. Right, right. <laughs> we're, op- we're operating on low budgets and busy schedules. <laughs> so we we apologize and we hey, are aware. I thought we make no apologies. Well, you know, yeah, it's true. We make no apologies. <laughs> you are. You should be honored <laughs> that we grace you with our. <laughs> you should be honored to have witnessed that shit show. You know, <laughs> yes, there it is. We call it like it is. Okay. Yeah. So in honor of, ah, uh, what is it? Infinity War, coming right. out one week from Thursday, I guess, because Thursday is the new Friday right. <laughs> for movies, but maybe more like Wednesday is the new Friday. Anyways, in honor of Infinity War coming out and like the 10-year, almost to the to the week, right? Almost yep. to the week of the whole journey that has started on the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe our trivia, we're just going to go basic, back to basic trivia, is going to be in, in theme of the 10 years of Marvel just excellence. Right. For the most part. Right. A couple hiccups along the way, but for the most part, excellence that we have been blessed with. So, trivia will be uh, uh, a Marvel themes. So, if you could just, you know, hit it to start us off, man. I will. Time to play the game. So, I know from the get-go, one of our normal listeners is my brother, and he doesn't know nothing about comics, so you're out. I know you're not going to know any of this. Okay. Um, he always likes to give feedback and how... and. Brag actually about well, how a, our trivia is too easy. It's movies though, which like, is funny because he's the one who recommend that we do this. Right. So well, I don't even know what that says. About it's you. really MCU it's trivia, right? MCU trivia. MCU. MCU trivia. And he's seen you know a handful, and you know is kind of a dick about him. But anyways, uh, let's just do a few each. Okay? okay. I'll start. So this first one's for you. Real basic, but a mouthful. What does S.H.I.E.L.D. stand for? And yes, they do say it in the mm-hmm. movies. And I'm pretty sure they say it in the show, too, many times. Uh, <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D., for those of you that don't oh, know, man. is the... Strategic 
Homeland. Yeah, I can't remember the E I the I E L defense. <laughs> Strategic homeland homeland. Gosh, and I watch this show too. I know, and they're all about like you know, yeah, flexing who they are. Well, they don't say it very often in the show. I I that's that's terrible. Strategic homeland two for two, mm-hmm. and you 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 fell you fell short. Yeah. Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. Yeah. Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. That is terrible of me. I really love that show, too. And I don't even watch that show, but yeah. No. That's what S.H.I.E.L.D. stands for. All for right, you, you, got, that didn't you know. got one. You got one. <laughs> well, it's just that you didn't get one. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. All right, so hit me. What is Agent May's nickname? See, I don't watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch the show. I don't even know who Agent May is. My guess would be she's the Asian one. She is. Yes. Right. Ming-Na Wen is... is I get a, a sliver of a point for guessing that. She played Chun-Li in the Street Fighter movie. The newest one? No, the, the old that. one. That was Kristen Kruick. The 90s Kruick. one? Yeah, the 90s one. Uh, who, by the way, was involved in the Nexium scandal... Kristen Kruick was, and along with her co-star, Allison Mack, who just got arrested. Oh, really? Yeah, she got arrested for sex trafficking in the Nexium scandal. That girl, that chick from S.H.I.E.L.D. was part of that? No, 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 no. She was involved in it. What does that mean? No, 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 no. Okay. Agent May, played by Ming-Na Wen. Yes. Played Chun-Li, who was also played by Kristen Uh, Kruick. Oh, okay. Who was... (laughs) Right. Right, right, right. No. But yeah, Allison Mack involved in 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 a sex cult. As like We talked uh, about that last time, right? I don't think we did. Yeah, I don't think we did. It, maybe maybe it was brought up, but maybe. Uh what is her nickname on the show Agents of Shield? <laughs> I mean, the only thing I got is some tasteless joke that would be inappropriate. Okay. So nothing? So I'll bite my tongue on that one. She is known as the Calvary. The Calvary. Is she based on any real I don't think so. comic book character? No. I mean, she is a real character now. Oh, like they made they Yeah. Yeah. They canonized her in the yeah, comics. Yeah, which I think is really awesome. That is, they Harry Pottered her. Yeah. So now <laughs> we're one for one or whatever it is. O for O. O for O. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I have it on a tab here. Um, which is, let's see if I'm thinking about this the right way. Sure. Um, I mean, I guess if you view it this way, of the four main Avenger, main Avengers, which one was the only one not recruited by Nick Fury, Sam Jackson? Of the four main Avengers. So the main Avengers are Iron Man... Well, that's, I guess that's where the question can be kind of right. subjective. Right. So it's, yeah, what are the main Avengers? Well, maybe it's we'll like Iron due Man. Due process of elimination, I okay, guess. Okay, so it's going to, well, you're not going to hold up your hand for me. So nope. let's see. It's going to be Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and Hulk. Are those the four that you're thinking of? The main Avengers. And then you've got Hawkeye and and Scarlet, or not, uh, Scarlet Johansson. Uh, I was going to say Scarlet Witch. Black Widow. Black Widow, right. But you wouldn't count. I don't think anyone would count them as main Avengers. Okay, good. 
Um, okay, so we know Nick Fury was there for Tony Stark. And was he there for Captain America? And does that count? Because Captain America was already a part of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the MCU. Hmm. I don't know how you're counting it. And then Bruce Banner. It's The question is recruited by Nick Fury to be a part of the Avengers. Oh, to be a part of the Avengers. Gosh, I don't like these trick questions. Um... I'm going to go with Thor. Yep. Good job. Nice. Good job. And yeah, don't you remember in... There it is. I don't remember which movie it was, but when Cap wakes up, he's in like that yeah. that hospital bed that yep. like it's in the 50s, but right. it's just a cube that they kind of put him in so he didn't right, freak right. out. Right, 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 Nick right, right. was there. Yeah, so he recruited Cap. Right. I just couldn't remember if, if Hulk was recruited, but then I th- I'm sure he was. And then I was thinking he about was. Thor and how that whole movie played out. And... He was recruited back when it was Ed Norton still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> in the bar? What job? What? What are you going to say? I don't know. I think that question might have been flawed. Let's move on. Okay, that's fine. I'll <laughs> take my one point. Take it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what job did... Um, what is his name? What job did Ant-Man, uh, Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd's version of Ant-Man, what job did he get fired from at the beginning of Ant-Man? Oh, it's a, it's, it's a restaurant chain. Man, it's either, or maybe it's a coffee shop. I'm just going to throw two out there. It's either, I think it's either like Starbucks or Subway. No, he got fired from scooping ice cream. Baskin Robbins. Yep. That's right. I knew it was a chain, like a chain, like a popular. Right. Ah, crap. Good one. That was, uh, good. That was, a, good, that was a good trivia question. All right. Uh, my turn already. Yep, your turn. Um, let's see. I don't like it. Here, pull your, pull your last one up and I'll give you one because I don't have my other one my ready. My last one, huh? Okay. I still I have three questions on here, um, but the next one's an Asian. The speech. next one will be the, la- the third one. Oh, okay. Um, what name did Daisy Johnson go by before finding out her real name? <laughs> what name did Daisy Johnson go by before finding out her real name? Right. Daisy Johnson. Is that another shield? It is a shield question, yes. From the show? Yes. Ah. But it applies to the comics as well. Low blow. Before finding out her real name. So it's just some name? Like a, a name? It's not anything crazy? I mean, she went by it for the first two seasons. You can say you don't know. It's okay. Mockingbird. That's pretty good, but no. No, Daisy Johnson is Quake. That's not a real name. Right, it's true. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Daisy Johnson is Quake, and before that, she was Sky. Which one is Quake? Quake is the leader of the... um, What does she look like in the show? uh, She has dark hair, kind of. Kind of like a half-white, half-Asian sort of, like myself, I guess. Um, I don't know. 
All right. Names. I'll give you a name. Okay. Oh, no. Uh, name. You'd probably get that one. You're a pretty smart guy when it comes to that. At the end of the first Avengers, mm-hmm. what, where do they, where do the Avengers eat post-credits? Do you, like the exact place? It's a restaurant. Oh, I don't know the name of the restaurant. It's shawarma, but I don't know the name of the restaurant. Wait, isn't that the name of the restaurant? No, it's type of food. That's the type of food? Yeah. Is it like, like Lebanese or Greek? Something, or like, something that, like that, yeah, that? yeah. I thought it was the name of the restaurant. Nope. Well, f- well it may, it may you have. You got it anyway, so it good may, job. It may, have said, it may have like had it on a banner or All right, something. the question I was going to ask you was, what is Black Widow's real name? Na- Na- Nat- Natalia or Natasha? It's probably Natalia Romanoff. Natalia. I should have asked that. Yeah. Natasha. Natasha. Okay. (laughs) It's close. Yeah. Um, Should we do one? Do you have another one? I do. I have two that I had. You had five? I always write five. All right, go. Okay. What is the name of the man hired to play the Mandarin in Iron Man 3? What's his, the actor's name? Yeah, not Ben Kingsley. What's the (laughs) name? You know know how in Iron Man 3, like, somebody is, like, hired to play Mandarin? Yeah, and it was a, kind of a letdown for the movie. Right. What's Ben Kingsley's actual name in the movie? I have n- that's the deep cuts, man. That's a long time ago. And yeah, that's true. Like, who would remember that? It's a uh, Trevor Slattery. Really? Yeah. What's his deal? Like, is he literally just an actor? Well, I didn't see. Yeah, but I didn't see the. I didn't see the um, post. Like, they did their own, like, 10-minute movie or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? No. What? Like, they released um, they released something where he's in prison. I'll have to look it up. But anyway. <laughs> um, and then my last one was – or do you have, your, do you have a, another one? Yeah. Uh, which country does Black Widow find Bruce Banner when she recruits him? Argentina? Is that your final answer? It's something in South America. <laughs> no, it's not. No, where is it? Colombia, India. No, wait, that's that's South America. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Wait a minute. <laughs> it's India. In my mind, India. it's it's totally South American. <laughs> um, and then my my last one was Star Lord's mom's name. Gosh, you had good questions, man. Those are hard. Those are all really hard. Uh, I figured I'd had to work really hard on this one because you know those are all really hard. You watch MCU stuff, so um, I don't know. It's Meredith. Meredith. Good one. You win. I won. Again. All right, moving on. Moving on. Um, All right, so I guess we'll do the Barack Obama fake news thing right now. Okay. So take a listen to this little gem. like anyone is saying anything at any point in time, even if they would never say those things. So, uh, for instance, they could have me say things like, uh, I don't know, uh, Killmonger was right, (laughs) or uh, Ben Carson is in the sunken place, or, (laughs) how about this, simply, President Trump is a total and complete dipshit. Wow. Now, you see, I would never say these things, at least not in a public address, but Someone else would. Someone like Jordan Peele. 
This is a dangerous time. Moving forward, we need to be more vigilant with what we trust from the Internet. That's a time when we need to rely on trusted news sources. It may sound basic, but how we move forward in the age of information is going to be the difference between whether we survive or whether we become some kind of fucked up dystopia. <laughs> Thank you. Stay woke, bitches. <laughs> so uh, we uh, apologize for the uh, <clears throat> the uh, cussing, but uh, that's okay. actually what's on the video. And it's to describe the video so that you understand what was going on. <coughs> so it starts off with a um, with a video of Barack Obama, like where a he's public address, where he's talking in a public address, uh, address, and then, um, then as the video like moves over to, into a split screen, and you see Jordan Peele, who directed um, Get Out, Get Out, and Key and Peele. Yeah, and he's he before he directed Get Out, he's he was on a show called Key and Peele. Before that, he was on Mad TV. Um, he does impressions, and so he's and it becomes clear that he's doing an impression of Barack Obama. But they're using computer, they're using AI, uh, uh, they're using computer technology, an algorithm to make it look like Obama is saying all of these things, mm -hmm. and that's the point that he's demonstrating. The point he's demonstrating is, you know. You can't trust what what you even see these days. Yeah, the, like the technology they I was reading a little bit about it, like the technology they use, you you can spot and like people are trying to spot cuz it kind of like blurs it blurs things and like distorts a little bit just like, a little bit, yeah. Just a slight amount and it's getting if, better and better. Yeah, j but if you're not if you're not looking for that, like you would have no idea because he's like synced up exactly like with he, I mean, he already does a good impression. Like he's right. he's pretty good at with the with the tone of his voice and stuff. But yeah, um, that technology, like Josh just said, is is getting even better to where it's like it's more seamless, and it's, it's to be honest, it's kind of scary, man. It's kind of yep. jacked up. And so, like the question for us is, and I don't even know how we really approach this, but where do, with that kind of enemy, <laughs> right? What are we to do? And what is a, what is he says? You know, be careful of where you're drawing your news from. You know, be, because of you know these things. And look what I did in five minutes, type thing. Mm -hmm. um, so what is what is reputable, and how do we discern that? Well, and he says you have to get news from trusted sources. But yeah, what does trusted sources even yeah, mean? What does that even mean? What do you think? Well, I mean, I think we've come into things like this before, believe it or not. I mean, we've never come into it visually, but we've come in... Well, yeah, we have. We've come into it before with things like the printing press, where all of a sudden you could just print anything you wanted to mm. and get it out there. We came into it before when Photoshop was so on how the scene. Did, how did they combat what could have been? Or did they? I mean, I haven't I haven't studied it, but um, obviously there there's way there's you know ways to look into like you said people can be trained to see these things. What it, I think what it comes down to is you can't really trust anything um, that that you can't experience. This is and this will get into maybe if we talk about Ready Player sure, One, but but you but you can't trust anything that you experience and and that's unless you experience it, um, and that's where we are. Um, I think that you can't where trust technology, anything 
that you don't experience. Yeah. That sounds like it could be well, where we are, scary. It is scary. It is scary. Like, where, where we are the philosophy with, of that or something. It is. Well, it's, it's Cartesian. It's Cartesian logic. So, um, you know, Descartes, um, ha- Rene Descartes had this concept that there wasn't anything that you could trust except for what you yourself could could know. And that's mm-hmm. why he said, I think, therefore I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is I mean, a very yeah. a very crude way of putting his his philosophy, and so then you become the center of your world, and mm-hmm. and I think that what this is doing is it's saying you can't even trust like your senses, hmm. um, so then you have to go down because to my eyes are deceiving me, my eyes deceive me, yeah, my ears deceive me. So what you so now what you go down to is is um, well you have two options. One you can risk everything. And build relationships yeah. to build ideals and everything. Yeah. Or two, you can not trust anything. Is it is it literally just that? Is it one or the other, or is it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Th- I'm. I can't really come up with another option. I mean, you can you can fight the technology, but the technology will get better and better and better and better and better. Yeah, because how are you going to properly invest and trust? Like invest in a relationship that. You're, you have reservations or you, you know, you don't trust or something like it doesn't work. Well, and so, you know, this goes back to the conversation about like having kids in this world, you know, for me, it's not hopeless. Um, you just have to be a diligent parent, you know, a diligent parent doesn't teach a child to, to mistrust it. it a diligent parent will teach a child how to spot signs of authenticity and fakeness Mm -hmm. and that's really what it comes down to i think is you can't prepare your child for everything and they could be seeing things that they're not supposed to see and things that are going to lie to them a la like pinocchio um you know things that are gonna turn them into little donkeys Mm -hmm. and what you have to do is teach your child values you know you teach your child to produce fruit um, in their life and what it looks like to produce fruit, the methods by which that happens. And then when they see people who claim to have fruit, but don't know how to produce it and don't know so on, so on and so forth, yeah. then, then they won't trust that. Yeah. You spot a liar. So that there's, you know, relationally that's, that's kind of where we are. Um, we're, you know, because of the way the technology has moved, um, you don't have to build relationship anymore to connect to these truths, but that's a relatively new thing. Like, you know, it used to be that towns were small and you really yeah, you only couldn't knew get, what, Yeah, you couldn't get away with this or that. Right, you, know, you had to have relationships. So yeah. it's it's almost like we're going back to having to do that because anything that's out there, you are going to mistrust. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily saying that that's a bad thing, Um or that that's a good thing, but I think that that will cause sort of a, a polarization, if you will, you know, a polarization of people who can see things correctly and who can look past what is in their eyes and and even in their ears and look to the fruit of things and then people who can't, you know? Yeah. It's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad that that's where we're at. And I know we, like, this is talking about like this new technology which makes a person look like they're saying something but 
and it's just like we talked about it the clickbait phenomenon too in the past like so like this coupled with like clickbait articles you know and just just headlines with no substance or whatever and that's what people are basing whole like ideals and values on is is this sort of thing and man built on a throne of lies right <laughs> as they still say in stepbrothers but oh man yeah it's kind of depressing a little bit i'll be honest you can't trust anything yeah well i think that it's it's just it's a picture of the of the world that we live in you know it's just it's again it's we live in a dangerous world so the idea of trusting something you know now we're just getting to see the reality of mm. that reality as opposed to before where we could sort of put that shine sure. on things and pretend that you can Pre- trust yeah, things. Yeah, pretend. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, segue into reality. You said it yourself, Ready Player One. Right. Okay, so you can't trust – what did you say? You can't trust – you can only trust what you experience. Right. Um, so – you know, spoiler alarm. We don't need to do it, but in, if you want to, um, Ready Player One. That was sort of a first of all fun movie. I enjoyed it. It's a fun movie. There's a lot of Easter eggs and you know eye candy um, if you're looking for that. Um, in terms of story, kind of basic, but the 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 big theme that kept being you know presented in that movie by what yeah what kept being presented was that. This whole thing that I created. So this guy created this whole world, this whole universe called the Oasis. And the whole right. point was so people can escape their lives because their lives suck and their lives are depressing. And the world has gone to hell and it's a mess. And, yeah, you know, it's another, like, post-apocalyptic kind of situation. Yeah, dystopian. Dystopian, yeah. And so this thing is for people to get away and get out of that. But the, like, creator of the whole game and universe, like – his like main Easter egg is the opposite of that is like I realized in, in me creating this like I was missing the point myself and only what what you can experience is what ultimately matters, right? That's what he was yep. saying. Um so and back to the point of relationships, that was like a key a key thing for him was like invest in relationships because real relationships because that's ultimately the only thing that matters. All this other you know, shine, like you just said, right. the shine, that's, it's a lie and stuff. And so that was a refreshing message. Is there anything yeah. weird about it? I mean, I, I don't, it's not far enough in my mind. It's too shallow. But it's where it's going to, I mean, what can you do with it? I mean, it's, it's secular in nature. It's, <clears throat> I would say that it's relationship with, relationship with cost. That's what you have to invest in. Mm. The issue was because they could go into the Oasis and they could have relationships. And and that's what he was certainly doing, the Mm -hmm. main character. But it's the relationship that like comes with sacrifice and cost. And um, there's a moment in in the movie where the main – the main um the female the main female character where she's like you know shy because in reality she has this birthmark and – you know, it's made clear like like that is a point of um, insecurity for her that she hides in the Oasis. So, uh, you know, 
there's a cost to having relationship with her in the real world and he has to pay that cost he has to be willing to pay that cost for her to get over that shyness and um <clears throat> i don't think that they spent a lot of time dealing with that subject mm. which i think is the more poignant of the subjects um i think that it is almost an anti gnostic movie in the sense that it isn't about shedding your your physical self um but it's rather about grounding in, yourself in actual reality right but yeah so it's sort of anti-gnostic in, in that vein i just feel like it didn't go far enough um and to yeah, that I end i don't think that it it would have because it's a secular movie so but then there was also like weird weird vibes on the guy like the creator himself like right like maybe he was like he god like, or something or he like he transcended or right, something transcendence which, which wouldn't that wouldn't that then like kind of yep be anti what he was like preaching right. so it right. was confusing in that way well that's that's the thing yeah the, like, in the movie like the guy asks him what does he ask him he says like are you real or something like that and he kind of just gives him a, a cheeky look well or whatever. I think he says you're not one of the um the ai things the bots or something yeah, like that yeah. you're different and then he just kind of gives him a cheeky look and like kind of giving hope towards transcendence or something like that. Right. Kind of just went unaddressed, which would have just completely undone everything. That right. Was preaching. Right. So that was weird. But hey, in term for what it was, for what it was, I thought it was fun. It was fun. Like I, I personally, I found myself like smiling at a lot of different like references and stuff. And there's a lot, man. I think screen rant has a good article where there's like a lot, a hundred and, 25 you know 120 easter eggs in a movie about easter eggs which is funny right um did you see the one that like the title itself yeah was, was amazing like, maze yeah that's awesome yeah i good think marketing i think it was good branding it yeah it was like basically a a decent message in in that sense i just wish it had gone more more into it and i i don't know i don't know how the world is going to translate it hmm. In a lot of ways, you know, and one of the things like just sort of one of the side things that I think about is how are our kids going to perceive it? Because they're going to be like, you know, that movie was so awesome. And then they're going to be like when they first see Back to the Future, they're going to be like, that was in Ready Player One. That was the car from Ready Player One. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> it's, in, your, in, it's your rock band. In right? regard to rock band. Oh, I this is that, that song from rock band. Ugh. No. No, no, it's not the rock band. I am so Li live a little life. Experience. I'm so bothered every time that happens. It's the song from Rock Band. Right. Don't stop believing by Journey is not the song from Rock Band right. or something. You know? Right. So I do wonder about that, but then, but then also this concept of reality, where it's like, um, you know, the movie ends on this note that they. Uh, they do need to ground themselves in physical reality, but then they should also like, you know, open themselves up to, to this sort of experiential reality that isn't physical in nature. And <clears throat> what are you grounding yourself to in physical reality without that sacrifice? Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting. It's just sort of, it's just sort of like, it dips its toe in the water of philosophy without quite getting there. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. There were things about it that I thought could have been better, but I absolutely had fun while watching it. Totes. Totes. Um, 
I mean, we can blow through this Apu thing. I feel like I'm looking at it right now. So the Apu, Apu, how do you say his last name? From The Simpsons. Nahasapima Petalon, I want to say. I'm going to call that good. Okay. That's, that's a better flow than I would right? have been able to spit out. <laughs> yeah. I have, yes. Um, so there's a thing, there's a documentary, and I don't know a lot about the documentary, but there's a documentary coming about, is it based on him or is he just like, I think it's based on him. Okay, it's based on him. And, you know, there's... Is is the documentary su- suggesting, like, that... Why are we still allowing this type of thing? And they're using that as that... To drive that narrative? Yeah, I think is, so. Is that the long and short of it? I think so. So, you know, people in society and culture is uncomfortable with, I guess, a character like Apu, right? Which is comes off as racist in today's climate, right? Right. Um, and so, and I feel like we kind of talked about this before, um, is stereotyping racist. And like, when it comes to comedy, like we talked about it before, right? right? We did. Like, where, where's the line, right? Because that's, as comedians, like their job, they walk up to the line and that's, that's what makes them so great and stuff. And so the question of, is stereotyping racist? Um, bearing in mind, it, which it's weird that they pick on Apu, maybe just because that is, I think our article that we we pulled from is suggesting that that's a, a race and nationality that is, has continued to be marginalized and not advocated for. Is that mm-hmm. why it's Apu? You think? Um, but, it's funny because that whole show is, that's, the basis. Like all of their characters are. Caricatures, right? Right. You have like the cop. I don't remember his name. I was never a big... Wiggums. Wiggums. Who's like the stereotypical, you know, fat cop, eats donuts, drinks coffee, is... What does he actually do? Right. You know, what do you actually do type thing. Right. Um, You have like the slimy businessman in Smithers. You have... (laughs) What are some other ones, you know? You have Janitor Willie, who's a drunk Irish guy. Yeah, I don't know what... And and hot-tempered. Yeah, drunk Irish. Exactly, hot tempered. Um, you have, um, there's more. Whatever the whole, but the 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 dad who's like this dumb oaf, Homer. You know this dumb yep. oaf, good for nothing type guy. But why is stereotyping racist? And so, what was the conclusion we came to on that in the past? Like why? Why are we so up in arms about it? And I say we as in like why is culture at a point where right comedy is in danger of even right being it can't to... it can't make fun of itself i think yeah you know is what it comes down to where we just everything everything is sacred because nothing is um nothing is sacred yeah it was interesting so in in our article we pulled from it has hank azaria who is the voice of many many yeah. simpsons but apu being one of them and yeah like what does stereotyping have to be racist or can it just be, can it, that, and that's, this is the question, um, or can it just be, this is the observation I have of you, and this is how I'm going to, like, in his thing, he, so his example is, he used to go to the 7-Eleven all the time, and at the 7-Eleven, he'd always be waiting in line, and the, the manager or the owner of his 7-Eleven was always just this crusty, 
Indian guy. And, you know, he'd be waiting in line, and he'd open his Gatorade and take a drink, and the manager would bark at him, don't open the Gatorade, you know, you didn't pay for that, blah, 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 blah. And he was always just like, what am I going to do, run away with a Gatorade? And, you know, like right. stuff. So, like, so that's that's what he based his character of Apu on was just this experience he had with this guy. And it's not that he is racist or thinks less of right Indian people. It's just that was a character that he based – that character on like and in his experience a lot of indians owned convenience stores or whatever so sure. it, it's not like a de, he's not saying like this is how it is and like this is whatever but it was just it's just observation and it's for the sake of satire and for the sake of comedy and in the way he put it like he would literally like do that back to the guy because that was his the way he like expressed and he wasn't saying this is a good thing, you know. He's just saying like right. that's how I expressed my annoyance with him was like by mocking him and the way he interacted with me. Like I'm sure. not. He wasn't making a statement about this nationality or whatever is is, is this race is less. But that was my outlet for making fun of the for for being angry with this guy and the way he treated me was to to imitate him and and so. Yeah, like where where are we at, and why is that a bad thing? And yeah, it was, it was an interesting article. Um, I don't know if you have any more on that, but the article's interesting, and his, what he has to say about it is interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm of mixed cultures, and I have no problem with the idea that stereotypes have a foundation in reality, and I think they do. I mean, and it's funny how it's appropriate for within a culture to for you to be able to laugh at yourself. And in fact, you should be but able to do that, culture. but not cross culturally, which puts me in a really weird position. Um, <clears throat> but Daywalker. that right. But that is the foundation, or at least that's one of the foundational like skills of comedy is to take something blow it out of proportion and turn it into a caricature, you know? Yeah. And if there's something that you observe, you do it, you make it bigger and you make it louder and then you laugh at it. Mel, Mel Brooks. We were talking about it. With we were him, talking right? about Mel Brooks. Yeah. He yeah. was like, he's scared for the state of comedy right. within culture because everything is of offense. I, I, That's you know, the point of I mean, is... I don't know that there is, I think that racism might be too general a term. Um, you know, certainly there are people who are hateful towards a race. That's absolutely true. Um, Colin and, always says that the way he feels about racism is that people that suggest that, like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like you're sure. you're putting that on me. Like you've you've opened the door for that like right and and so now it's there certainly there are people who are hateful toward a race sure. and um that is true but there are people who are just hateful toward people who happen to be a part of a race that's true that's too true also yeah and there are people who are just irreverent towards everyone and happen to come in contact with people who are part of a race more often. Hmm. I mean, there's, it's just, how do you judge the intent of somebody's heart? Yeah. You have to look at the fruit of the actions and I'm sorry, but hurting somebody's feelings is not the fruit of an action. Yeah. I, you know, 
I'm not saying that you can't truly hurt somebody's feelings. Obviously, you can. I'm not saying that these people don't need to be don't need to work on their communication skills and so on and so forth. And I'm not saying people aren't careless or callous or anything. I hurt people's feelings all the time. <laughs> that doesn't make but, me a bad person. <laughs> but oh, wow, you just pulled out the microphone from, from the stand. Um, but I think that people need to develop a thicker skin. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, not what you just said, but that's a good barometer. Hurting someone's feelings is not... Yeah, you shouldn't define someone based on or box someone in if they hurt your feelings. Like, that's just immature. Like, well, sometimes sometimes so people... So short-sighted, you know? And sometimes people are being hateful. Sure. Um, but sometimes people are just... They kind of suck at life. They're just kind of dumb in the way that they're doing things. And that and that doesn't mean that they hate you. Yeah, or or people are good at life you know you know and are a good person by all accounts you know um but slip up in one instance you know and then what you're gonna like you box that person in you know right <sighs> yeah develop a thicker skin see you next time <laughs> no but seriously that's a good that's a good point for us to end um so i don't know where we're at with viewership but we have a zero viewership. That's good. And one that's been popping on occasionally. That's good. I happen to know that people download and listen. People I don't even know, too. That's good because um, I forgot to start the actual audio. Although <laughs> I started it like within the broadcast and we've been going for 40 minutes. We're way over time. But I'll have Jasmine pull the audio down. Is that for real? It's for real. Oh, man. Oh, well, at least it's on Facebook, I guess. No, we'll, well, I'll have her pull it down from oh, Facebook gotcha. okay. and make sure that it gets into the, to the thing. Okay. Anyways, if you're interested in today's topics or just staying relevant, you can check out our cultureinsanity.wordpress.com or check us out on Facebook. That's our popular out uh, platform right now. Or we have a Twitter account. And if you have something you're interested in or have questions about what we talked about, you can reach out to us on those platforms. If you're interested in exploring your faith or are completely new to your relationship with God or the scripture, the Bible, you can check out the help tab on vigilance.blog. Um, and with that, we have next week, so not tomorrow, but the Sunday after that, we have the next, the next cross-examination panel at Good Roots Community Church in Milwaukee, Oregon, Oak Grove. Um, and we will be talking about heaven and hell and there's going to be what three different denominations or something three different like that denominations so, all christians but different denominations yeah so it could get lively we'll see who knows um should be fun so if you have questions on that or um comments on that i guess um you can hashtag cross x mm -hmm. on facebook yep and those questions will get to um our people so yeah look forward to that so it's next sunday at Seven. Evan at Goodreads Community Church in Milwaukee. Not this upcoming Sunday, but the Sunday after. Yes, the last Sunday in April. Right. So with that, um, thank you for listening to this in the future because <laughs> no one's watching right now. Uh, thanks, guys. Good night. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. <laughs>